0: Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the latest episode of the CS School Podcast, where we speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. This episode is brought to you by Tatango, the customer success software your business can't outgrow. Totango provides unlimited scalability and unmatched time to value to help cross-functional teams drive productivity, retention and expansion. Did you know that some of the biggest customer success teams in the world, think SAP, GitHub, Schneider Electric and Aircall, they all use Totango to gain a 360 degree view of customer health to collaboratively manage their customer portfolio and to engage proactively and intelligently with their customers. Learn more about Tatango and request a demo at tatango.com CSC. And speaking of Tatango, Joining me on this episode is their very own Senior Vice President of Customer Success, Chris Dishman. Chris is a passionate, results-driven leader focused on improving customer experiences through strong relationships and creative solutions. With over 20 years of leading customer-focused teams, he enables positive outcomes and inspires excellence. And as the SVP of Customer Success, I sat down with Chris to gain all the insights into the two pillars of post-sales, customer success and And sales. Tune into this episode to discover the artful choreography of aligning sales and customer success by decoding role distinctions, unraveling revenue responsibility, and bridging feedback loops for seamless collaboration and impactful results. Believe me when I say this one was a real treat to record. Now let's go. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Grace?
0: I'm really well. I've been really excited for this uh, episode. Um it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast um because we're going to be talking about such an interesting topic today. It's a big one, sales and customer success. Um and I'm really thrilled you've come on because we're going to be getting your insights on the you know the dynamics between these two pillars of business um and really trying to find harmony between the two um but before we get into it um would you mind letting our listeners know a little bit about you um and specifically your role at tatango and i'm really really keen to know about your customer success career to date because it's yeah i'm very excited
1: oh awesome well first of all thank you for having me it's uh it's going to be a fun topic it's certainly one that uh that gets a lot of airplay these days and, uh, is, is an interesting one. So it'll be fun to kind of unpack that, you know, together. So, um, a little bit about me. Um, so I've been in customer success for, um, well, I, I, technically forever for a couple of decades at least. And the thing that's interesting is, you know, customer success as a, as a discipline as something that is, let's call it named, um, you know, has been around for what, a little over a decade or so. Um, and, and prior to that, I was in, technical account management and leading support teams and enablement teams and things like that. So uh, and, and did that at a company called On24, which is a webinar based marketing product. And so really helped kind of grow the team and that structure. And then I guess it was probably about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, um, we switched the full team over to customer success management um, and then really focused on you know driving those those outcomes for our customers and and really drive value from uh, from what you provide as a as a product or a service. And that was a it was a it was a fun pivot to be able to make from technical account management um, and from you know support and infrastructure from that standpoint over to, you know, truly kind of customer success proactive. Uh, efforts around making sure customers are successful so i uh, did that for for uh, a number of years at at uh, on24 um, and then about a year ago last november of 22 so right at one year um i joined the Tatango team to lead their post sales customer success function and that would include everything from enablement onboarding platform support and of course adoption and, and customer success and uh was a was a long time customer of tatango so uh when i was at on 24 we implemented tatango back in 2017 and uh, it really helped us to grow and scale our organization you know through an ipo in 2021 uh, which was a, an exciting time but uh loved the product and and the people and got the opportunity to come over and do a little customer success for customer success which is fun
0: Oh, I love that. What a, a real full circle mo- moment then having used a, yeah. a Django and then come out. I mean, two decades as well. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm at the risk of sounding like a Hallmark card. That's a, that's a journey, Chris. It's not just a career. Like, <laughs> you've really been through it. Um, well, I
1: started when I was 10 years old, so uh, we can, we can say that, but uh, anyway, yeah, no, it, it has been a journey. And, and you know, the thing that's fun too, when you think about customer success, it rolls in a lot of aspects of of support, um, account management. There's so many, you know, elements of customer success that I got an opportunity to be a part of and involved in, mm-hmm. in leading and learning, um, you know, through my career. Uh, so it just, it, it all worked together to end up putting me in a position where I was able to to really support a company and and customers and how they, you know, just achieve success through you know the various tools that they uh, that they leverage for you know for their post sales motion.
0: No, oh, completely. Um, thank you for sharing that. I think given your extensive background, I think particularly for this this episode we're looking at so we're looking at sales and CS. Um, I'm curious to know really how you've seen the role of customer success transform over the years. And I ask this because um I think you know there's a big conversation uh out there at conferences on LinkedIn, you know, like you said about. There's a lot of people in the CS space just trying to distinguish what it is uh, and fighting to distinguish customer success from more traditional functions, uh, you know, sale, largely sales and support. Um, but based on your, you know, your, your experience, what do you think are some of the key differences between how customer success is positioned then and now, and particularly, particularly in its relation to sales, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it has been a, an interesting evolution, you know, over the last, over the last decade, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when customer success first started, um, it, it was interesting because we were, as we started adopting it, it, it became all about, you know, really adoption, proactive outreach and initiatives yeah. with customers. Um, you know, prior to that, if you had technical account managers, you know, they were largely in, in many cases reactive. So customer reaches out and says, Hey, I'm having a problem. Technical account managers follow through, you know, Um, or if you're coming up on renewal, you might have a sales account manager that's following through on, um, you know, how to, you know, work through a renewal cycle or whatever, Um, you know, so with customer success, kind of let's call it 1.0. Uh, it was really about you know about proactive outreach and and driving utilization and and ultimately value of the product although we didn't call it that as much in the early days as customer success evolved over the last you know 10 years what i've seen is is a lot more initiatives around you know value for sure right so it's not just a matter of utilization of a tool or having a happy customer um, you know, and I, I saw something on LinkedIn this morning and it was about, you know, you don't necessarily want happy customers and, and that's not really true because we do want happy customers, but, um, but a happy customer can churn just as much as one yeah. that's upset. So, you know, the, the value that somebody's getting out of your product or service is really what's, what's important. Um, and so starting that value proposition, you know, and, and discussing you know the why of why you're purchasing a product or a service on the pre-sale cycle and then having that carry all the way through uh through implementation and then through adoption uh, and expansion is really kind of where where things have evolved and what's also interesting you know kind of how that relates to and the connection to sales is it should, in many purposes, just tee up. If you do it well, let's say uh, it should tee up a, a layup, as it were, uh, for a renewal and/or for growth. Um, you know, I, I believe Greg Danes has said a number of times that you know the best way to ensure a customer isn't going to churn is by getting them to expand and uh, or something to that effect. And and that's very true. And so you know, if we do our job well and we make sure that there's not just strong adoption but strong value uh, throughout the relationship. Then, uh, then that expansion kind of happens naturally, um, and and then that you know when we start talking about the relationship with sales, it's like okay, you know there are varying degrees and and ways that companies may use their customer success team around renewals or expansion, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I mean ultimately, you know the goal of that customer success team, if it's driving value, then then the rest of that stuff kind of falls in in place accordingly, you know.
0: Oh, completely. Yeah. It's truly remarkable how it's changed and the emphasis on value has become, um, it's it's really, it's, it's fantastic to see. And particularly picking up on what you said about um, expansion, um, I think the boundaries between CS and sales, especially especially around um, revenue responsibilities, they do often seem to blur I think from company to company, and there's not maybe I don't know. Is it fair to say there probably isn't like a cookie cookie cutter? Like it maybe isn't a cookie cutter discussion. You know, there's not a one size fits all approach. But you know, for instance, in some companies, the CSM will be responsible for expansion. Uh, you know, upselling. Right. Uh, but in you know, account management, on you know, in it will we be handling another company. Uh, obviously, you know, more revenue led than perhaps you know value led. Um, but I am curious. Sorry, I am curious to know. Based on your experience, um, what factors determine the division of responsibility between these teams? Uh if we're taking revenue growth here. Uh I guess, and I guess there must be some sort of there must be at points some sort of stepping over the lines between job responsibilities. Uh, but how does Tatango distinguish these roles actually? Let's start. Let's, sure. let's scrap it back. Yeah, yeah how yeah. does Tatango do that? What's is there a formula that you seem to have, you know, cracked or anything? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know about a formula. Um, <laughs> you know I, what is interesting in in the position uh, that I'm at now uh, at Tatango and being able to help support other customer success functions um, and and other teams and companies. You see a lot of different ways that people, you know, let's say, do customer success, and specifically, you know, when we think about renewals and. And you know either expansion responsibilities or revenue responsibilities, and and does that rely or does that should that should that be with the customer success management team? Should it be under sales? Should it be under an account management team or a, a um, you know an account executive? And what I have found to be the case is that it really I hate to say it depends, but it really depends, right? There are so many different companies that are structured in in different ways, and there are different you know maturity levels. As it relates to the company as a whole um, and maybe maturity levels of of their post sale motion or their sales organization. So, um, you know, that would potentially determine, you know, whether or not you say, okay, I I really need the customer success manager, you know, to manage the renewals uh, and let's say expansion. Or in some cases, you say, okay, you know, maybe there's a very strong, maybe the product is very technically complex. And so the customer success managers that you have you know, that are supporting, you know, best practices and and getting to that value with the product, you know, need to be more technically minded, which typically means that they're going to be a little less on, on a commercial front uh, from that standpoint, just from a yeah. skill set. So, um, you know, so you wouldn't want to put you know, somebody that is a really technically focused individual um, that isn't very good with commercial stuff. You don't want them negotiating, you know, expansion deals because that just is gonna result in a problem for you and, and for the customer and is gonna not be good for that person either. So um, so it really depends on the product, it depends on the company, the maturity of the company, the maturity of the product. Um, you know, as to what is the right, you know, um, configuration for you as it relates to, you know, the revenue responsibilities for a CSM. I I think the thing that is common, or that is consistent across the board, is that, you know, really, the customer success managers are very much, you know, on the front line of working with customers day in and day out, they have really strong relationships with their customers or or should. um, And, and because of that, they're ideally suited to identify where those potential expansion and upsell and where growth areas might be within the within the company. So um, to absolve a, a CSM of any financial responsibilities, I think is is a miss. Um, but to make sure that, you know, depending on again where you sit and and, and your product maturity and your organizational structure, you know, um, th- that's going to vary depending on, you know, again, on, on all those different factors. So uh but but it is important to leverage the team as it relates to, you know, really kind of finding those expansion opportunities and and driving some of those initiatives.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think even I've seen more and more like roles popping up like client success account management, which is obviously mixing the two, these two traditional functions even more so, but um, yeah. Um, i thank you for that. It's like everyone so far pure gold dust. So thank you. Um, Shifting gears ever so slightly, um, okay. metrics, I think, are something that's always always seemed to be catching the attention of our, our community um, at CSC. Um, and I was wondering, I don't know, as probably, you know, earlier on in the episode, I think we start off with how um, Tatango sort of determines these success metrics for sales and CS. I feel like it's quite a good jumping off point um, because, and then, you, you know, getting into the, more things like the you know the ever important customer health score uh making sure that both both teams sales and cs are on the same page um yeah that was a lot sorry that was a bit of an information overload then but i was mm-hmm. i guess i guess from you i was quite curious to know because as a as a cs leader is there like a disc, do you see a common disconnect arise at all i, I don't know
1: yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, I, from a metric standpoint, I mean, obviously, you know, we start at the baseline of NRR, right? We're we're mm-hmm. all ultimately very uh, dialed in on on, you know, the retention of our customers and the overall growth of our customer base. So, you know, we'll start there. That is a lagging indicator. So we all get that. But it is something that is easy for us to kind of rally around, whether we're sales, you know, executives, product, it doesn't matter. We, we all kind of look at that number. Um, And then, you know, and then it starts kind of bifurcating depending on, you know, again, as we were talking just a minute ago about, okay, well, where does your revenue responsibility lie for your CSM? You know, okay, maybe, maybe your focus is just gross retention as opposed to net, right? Maybe that's something that, that you're really kind of leaning on, in on and measured by. And again, a lagging indicator, totally get that, but, um, but something that is pretty hard, fast, that's well understood, you know, across the market. So that's something that's pretty simple, um, you know, and or, you know, growth, upsell metrics, things like that are, are certainly things that you would want to consider and look at. You know or downgrades etc so so those are all again lagging indicators um now one of the things that you mentioned was you know customer health metrics and and this is something we talk to a lot of people about at tatango because it's it's truthfully one of the great features of our product we have what we call multi-dimensional health which allows you to look at and weight and and balance various aspects of you know uh, an individual customer um you know based on you know, what's important and what you understand to be important, you know, as it relates to your product. Right. So um, if there's a certain feature function, if there's certain adoption trends that you see that um, that lean towards, you know, growth of an account, for example, then we would want to leverage those and weight them appropriately such that, um, you know, such that you can identify a green customer is one of those that is kind of positive in those areas. Um, you know or if you know that there are certain risk criteria if somebody's not using something or doing something with your product well then you can pull that back. Um, what's really great when you think about you know the intersection of customer success and sales uh, and specific to you know the health metrics you do find that, that health metrics, if done right, can really provide a great visibility into white space for growth of an account. So if you know that a customer, for example, let's just talk uh, something very basic, like uh, account usage, or maybe it's logins for you. um, You know, if you find that they're adding a certain number of accounts, you know, um, over a period of time, you know, and, and they bought X amount, well, you you can pretty easily map and almost demand plan when they're going to hit that amount. So you can start getting in front of a potential upsell as it relates to you know as it relates to that account so it, it becomes a very easy thing to look at from a cs perspective you know or if sales is kind of driving that motion in your organization uh, from a sales motion so visibility into that um, is important you know and it's interesting because i was at a conference recently and and it was all about you know aligning teams and kind of breaking down some of the barriers between teams you know through data and and that's exactly what you know at Tatango one of our kind of key mantras as it were is to make sure that you're that you're able to see an action data within you know the system um, and then provide you know alerts and and things that will help drive those initiatives and so you know if you've got a, a Bunch of customers, you can't go in manually every single day and try to look and see is this customer, you know, uh, got some good white space or is there an opportunity for growth in this customer? You have to drive automation, and that's you know kind of a scaled approach that that you have to have the right system in place for, which is which is pretty critical. And then again, that that everybody, you know, sales and CS alike, are, are aligned across that same the same platform, but also the same initiatives.
0: For sure, I mean that blend of data and, a- and action is crucial. I think, Chris, when thinking about the the harmony between sales and CS, um, mm-hmm. and sort of taking a step back and thinking about, I think there's an the emphasis on a- outcomes. I think in this conversation feels quite central, and I think it'd be a miss not to miss not to talk about it. Um, how can you? How do you think um, in your experience? How sales teams can set the stage early on, um, ensuring that, I guess, solution selling addresses the heart of customer needs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, can always be tweaked and adjusted And it. And it's something that we do, you know, at Tatango and and that I've done in, in previous roles as well, but, you know, you have to start I'm going to say start with the why. So, you know, if a customer, if you're going through a long sales cycle with a customer, um, you know, it's generally speaking, the sales rep or the the team that's working on that understands, you know, why somebody is is purchasing your product, um, especially nowadays, um, you know, the the the. Purchasing of products is not something that's easy <laughs> anymore. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, it was a little bit easier, but uh, certainly now uh, everybody's kind of scrutinizing every spend. Um, And so, you know, when they're getting ready to purchase a product, they understand, the customer understands that they have something, there's an outcome that they're trying to get. What is the why behind why they're purchasing this product and what are they expecting to get from from the product? So, you know, that's step one. and And then the next step is, okay, where are we capturing that? So now you've got this information. you've got a piece of data for lack of a better term that that identifies, you know, kind of the root cause of why somebody is purchasing this particular product. and you have to carry that through onboarding um, through the adoption, you know, through expansion even within the account. And so, you know, having um, a process and having, you know, that information flow, you know, through the various teams and, and, and through the overall implementation of a customer is pretty critical. Um, uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today about this very thing and, and it was interesting because, uh, you know, there have been times when I've seen, uh, and, and it was reiterated on the doc or on the podcast that you would have like this onboarding document or this, you know, customer value document. And, and it was this long form document that, uh, the, the sales reps supposed to fill out and then hand over to the the team. And then it's supposed to, you know, travel along with the customer through their journey. And it's like, okay, you know, chances are, that's probably not going to happen if we're being, if we're <laughs> being realistic, if you're forcing a, a, a rep or a sales team to fill out a, a long form document, um. You know that's not ideal but but you can totally work with uh your sales ops team that's certainly something we've done at tatango where it's like okay let's identify what those key value metrics or outcomes are on the front end let's make sure that those are dropped into you know salesforce or your crm of choice Um, and then have that information, you know, flow through your full tech stack as it relates to the journey. So, you know, for us, obviously that goes from Salesforce into Tatango. So we understand, um, you know, as soon as the customer's in our platform, we know exactly what their goals and objectives are. You know, how are they going to measure those? We reiterate that through the onboarding and implementation process. So we make sure that, that we're tightly aligned and, and we understand too that, you know, sometimes goals and objectives change right uh, sometimes there's a new leader that comes in sometimes the macroeconomic circumstances change and it's like yep yeah, we're not worried about this anymore but we're really more worried about you know this other thing and it's like okay got it um let's shift gears and make sure that we're aligned with you and so um you know and then that you know after implementation that goes on through you know adoption and and it's interesting because i know there's a lot of talk about qbrs and uh you know qbrs are are not you know useful anymore and i would say that generally speaking i would agree with how qbrs have historically been done across customer success teams they're largely not very helpful um or can be not very helpful but you know if you really take that opportunity and you look at it more like a value review and you say okay here are the objectives you're wanting to get to this is the whole point of this call um and how are we doing and this is what you said this is the metric we're measuring against and you know is this still a relevant goal is this still a relevant objective you know has something changed is there a nuance here we need to consider you know so that it just kind of keeps that constant um you know look and and attention to the value uh metric and the value that you're wanting to achieve for that customer so and, you know it does start with sales process it starts in that pre-sales effort and it's got to carry all the way through you know um through the adoption and then when you get into renewals and renewal conversations that should continually be resurfaced. It's not, it's not a one and done. It's something that you have to, you know, continually chase and, and work to improve.
0: Oh, so interesting. I think, yeah, the idea of leading with outcomes, obviously it got to be doing that, but zooming out, particularly what you were talking about, the handover with sales, Um, you know, I was thinking like, what would you say is that, let me put this in, is there like a, you mentioned that a really long uh, hand onboarding document just doesn't work. But is there any sort of critical documentation that you think needs to be in place? And, to, you know, that how do we orchestrate these moments using that to make sure that they're as seamless as possible um, and make sure that alignment is consistent?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's in and, and I would say that it, you know, kind of similar to. Uh, the conversation earlier about, you know, who's owning the the yeah. revenue or the renewals, you know, what that what that handover document or what that information looks like and how detailed it is, is going to vary from product to product or, or company to company. And, um, you know, so, you know, what it is I, and, and how detailed it is, I think, you know, is it could be debated. But I think that the question really lies in, you know, are you doing it right? Is there something that you're capturing on the why and and all of the things that you learn through that sales cycle, um, you know, to understand and to ultimately get to a customer, you know, purchasing your product. The next step is okay. Now we know why you bought it. Let's make sure that we're carrying that through full the, through through the full journey. You know, so um, you know, I do think it's you know how how that's done might be different for different people in different ways, but the fact that it's just got to be important. It's it's almost like you know when you call a support line. Um, and then they transfer you to somebody else and you have to repeat yourself all over again and they transfer yeah. you to somebody else and then you have to repeat yourself again it's, it's really frustrating it creates a um a, a pretty you know it's just not a great uh experience and so you know as customer success one of the things that we should be constantly doing is trying to drive a you know just frictionless process and make it as smooth as possible for the customer, um, you know, from, from the start of their conversation with sales all the way through, you know, renewals and support and everything else. So having everybody aligned on on what that objective is, um, is a pretty key part of of having a successful customer success organization.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. that's, oh, that's given me a lot to think about. I think just just on that, um, I was thinking about looking at the sort of sales and customer success both teams holistically um what i've just been thinking about is is there an appropriate time what what opportunities exist for sales to perhaps appropriately re-engage with customers is that is that something you can speak to
1: yeah um you know again it, going back to you know depending on how your organizational structure would would probably yeah. def- define a lot of that but um you know uh, one of the things that i know Uh, many customers get really frustrated with is if if you have let's say a renewals manager or an account manager um you know that's going to be handling either a renewal or uh, if there's an expansion opportunity, um, if that person is completely, you know, MIA, if they're just not yeah. around for any of the relationship and all of a sudden they swoop in at the last minute, like, hey, I'm here to take care of all of your needs. Um, and they're like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. You know, that's not a great experience from a customer standpoint. So, you know, in in the organizations that I've, you know, led uh, over the years, we we make sure that, you know, we want to make sure that there's there's a relationship that's kind of being fostered and built. Not just with customer success, but with customer success and the sales team. Um, you know, if the customer success manager is handling, you know, in, in your organization, if they're handling all of the renewals, all of the post-sale, all of the upsell and and expansion motions, well, then there's really not a need for an account manager or sales exec um, in that. And so, you know, the customer success manager is the one, and and they've got the ball, and that's great. You know, um, in cases where. You know, like i said maybe you've got a little bit more of a technical product something that's a little more complex yeah. um, you know if you've got an account executive or a, a, an account manager that's involved in that you know we got to make sure that they stay involved early and that's and it's important for the the customer success manager to be able to do that Um. you know they take they play a pretty key role in making sure that you know that that those interactions are are teed up you know throughout the course of the relationship so you know it does the the more people you get involved the more complicated uh you know these things get for sure so you know there's something to be said for a very streamlined approach but um you know communication and being aligned on on data and making sure that you're all in the same systems and seeing the same things and you know working towards the same goal is is really kind of where where the rubber meets the road so to speak so
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm sure lots of listeners probably will have experienced that where you have somebody swoop in at the last minute. It's like, Oh, I've done the groundwork there and it's just something that's not quite, there's been a lack of communication perhaps between, you know, internally. So I'm sure, yeah. yeah uh, so clearly, sure. clearly navigating these transitions is, you know, so, so important, but I'm curious to know from a leadership perspective, how, um, how do you, as a as a CS leader and other leaders at Tatango, emphasise the value of CS to sales and vice versa? Like, are there certain, I don't know, to to avoid working to you know working in a silo and make you know people very sort of bubble sort of thinking. How do how does how do you how important do you think it is to I don't know tell certain success stories or are there any maybe? I don't know metrics or data. De- I'm not quite sure that resonate. Perhaps resonate with you know with this narrative that you want to sort of just promote the you know the value of CS or promote yeah. the value of sales to CS, for example.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, in in its you know. Uh, so Dennis Rudin is our CRO and uh, he and I are are very aligned on this. And and Karen Budel is our uh, CMO, you know, and she and Dennis and I and and Ravit and our, our product team, you know, the entire go to market team has to be tightly aligned from a leadership perspective. Um, so it's got to start there, um, you know, and then and then that gets into, you know, mutual respect, understanding, you know, what is the you know, racy or swim lanes or whatever you want to refer to it as, you know, what are the roles and responsibilities for each individual? And and how are those clearly laid out and understood? Um, you know, and so that's kind of, that to me is the, the groundwork for how you can work well together. You know, one of the things that is really difficult if you get into, if you just think about expectations, right? There's nothing worse than, than somebody coming to you and asking you for something. And you're like, I didn't know that that was something I was supposed to provide or do or know, or or whatever. And that's, that's kind of disheartening as it relates to, uh, you know, just being a, you know, an individual that's trying to get stuff done. So, um, you know, so having clear expectations for each one of those roles and responsibilities is, is really, really important. And then, you know, and then the cross-functional alignment, as I was saying before, you know, understanding, okay, so if we know if we have, for example, if the CSM is really driving upsells, you know um and and then we have an account executive that's driving you know various expansion okay. um you know making sure that we clearly communicate and understand what those are uh again having a you know the system because of the fact that we're all doing so much um and and there's just a lot of moving parts these days you know having a, a system that everybody's aligned on where you can kind of understand and track and manage what the process is through that is is pretty critical right so um you know so i again i think from an overall structure standpoint it has to start at the top um secondly it has to be something that's well documented and there has to be a good foundation for those expectations Um, and then you have to have a system of record that allows you to understand who's got the ball at various places um, because if you don't, then then the ball will inevitably get dropped um, or somebody will expect somebody else is doing it when they're not, et cetera. So, um, you know, again, it starts from the top down, but you've got to have a solid process in place and clearly outlined, you know, uh, you know, roles and responsibilities for each one of the team members.
0: Oh, thank you so much for that. It's always so enlightening for me, I think, to hear about, the value of CS from a leadership lens. Um, I'm sure, sure listeners will feel the same. Um, unfortunately, we're really running out of time. Um, but I wanted to wrap wrap up on thinking about. Do you, is there like a do you have a golden piece of advice for executives who are perhaps listening to this or are going through maybe a bit of discord between sales and CS teams, and they're wanting to foster a tight, more tighter knit relationship between these two teams. Um, as you know, in short term, long term, what would you say that the focus should be, uh, in the short term to direct, you know, to, to bridge any existing gaps between these two, you know, obviously critical teams?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, the first step is to make sure that you have a clearly defined operational plan, um, you know, specifically, uh, for customer success and for what the, you know, the remit or the focus is for the customer success team. And, and as you start understanding, okay, so this is what the customer success team is. This is what, you know, they are not. Um, and and then as you clearly define that, then the next step is, okay, well, if, if they're not going to do, you know, this particular item, then who is going to make sure that that gets done? Like where are the roles and responsibilities? And, and if you do that and communicate that well across, you know your leadership team and then filter that down through the rest of the team um then then you have a a strong foundation to kind of start building on and and the other thing too is look we all understand that um you know as as times change and, and scenarios change. Maybe you get new products, maybe you get new leadership, etc. Um, You know, you may have to shift and adjust some of those. So this isn't a, a set it and forget it kind of a thing. It's typically something you want to build and then, uh, you know, constantly maybe not constantly but but uh, you know on an occasional basis you want to go back and review and and adjust and say hey is, does this still make sense given you know where we are in the maybe the market that we're going after or the improvements in the product or you know whatever the case may be so um but you know it, to me where most of the the problems fall and where i've seen the biggest angst between sales and cs has largely been around, uh, you know, just missed communication opportunities. Um, you know, you're, you're not communicating well internally, you're not documenting, and then when that happens, that results in, um, you know, p- people misunderstanding or misrepresenting what they thought they were supposed to be or expectations being off. And, um, and then that becomes frustrating for, you know, for really all parties involved. Um, so, you know, clearly define, clearly understand objectives, uh, internally and what those goals and objectives are across each one of those team members, uh, make sure you got the gaps covered and, and then iterate from there.
0: Perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better answer. Oh, thank you so mm-hmm. much, Chris. I, I mean, our chat today has been an absolute mine of, in, of insight. So a really big thank you for, for coming on, sharing your pearls of wisdom. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure our listeners have loved it. And, um, if, uh, if our listeners want, perhaps want to continue the conversation at all with you, where's the best place for this to happen? Is, link, is LinkedIn a good start?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would love to carry on the conversation. So, um, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. It's uh, Chris Dishman and um, with Tatango and looking forward to the conversations.
0: It's fab I'll I'll make sure to put your uh, your profile in the show notes so everyone yeah anyone, anyone wants to can do that oh thank you so much Chris I've learned heaps and it's been yeah it's been a real pleasure to have you on the podcast uh hope to see you again soon um but yeah thank you so much
1: thanks Grace it was a it was a great conversation
0: thank you thanks for tuning in be sure to check out our other episodes and go to the collective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.